So I want to welcome everyone back to the Duck Pond Wall. I'm your host, Monica Hoyle, class of 85 and Director of Alumni Affairs at Emory and Henry College. And it's my privilege to have with me tonight someone that I have known for a very, very long time. But tonight we're going to talk about teaching. We're going to talk about education. Tonight's guest is Lisa Dingus Bratton, Emory and Henry class of 1988. Hey, Lisa, how you doing? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing great, too, and goodness gracious, you are a math teacher. Yes, ma'am. I don't understand why. How long have you been teaching? <laughs> uh, 34 years. 34 years, and you're, have you been at Ross and Robbins Middle School? Is it Robbins or Robinson? Robinson. Robinson. And Ross and Robinson was actually a man. People don't, maybe don't know that, but he was one of the superintendents here in Kingsport um, in the 1950s when they built the school. On a side note, um, so I was hired straight out of college and started teaching there, was not married yet to another ENH alum, David Bratton, and I was scared to death that first day, and everyone was so wonderful in Kingsport. It, Kingsport wasn't my hometown. It wasn't somewhere I had ever lived or knew that much about. Um, started at Ross and Robinson, and... 34 years later, I'm still here to tell about it. And only one of those years, I will say one year, I became assistant to the principal. We had a situation in 1997-98 where um, the two sixth grade classes from both middle schools in Kingsport had to be in one building because they were renovating. And they came to us. And so the increase in population led to my principal saying, hey, you ever thought about being a principal? It'd be a great way and I'd love to have you. And I did. And? And I never forget what Jim Welch, who is now um, a member of our school board, who taught beside me for years and is one of my mentors. After it was said and done, because he would have never told me when I did make the decision to try it, I came back to the classroom because I was in tears. I want to be a teacher. I appreciate it, but I'm a teacher. He said, I could have told you that you're out of your gift. Out Thanks, of your Jim. gift. That's what he said. It was so precious. And I said, oh, well, thank you. But I was. I was out of where I knew God had called me to be, which is a teacher in the classroom. So. Well, that is funny. I've never heard that expression before, but I know exactly what he means. It's just not yeah. your thing. Well, tell me what you didn't love about it. I mean, you know, um, I mean, just in different. general. I love, love math, um, always have, um, and being an assistant to the principal is a very different role. You do a lot of managing of student behavior, and while in my classroom, I do that very well. What happens is, as an assistant to the principal, yeah, there's paperwork stuff you do, and the, and the whole, you know, how the school operates, and you help other teachers and all that. But one of the parts of the job was you're going to get the kids who can't be in the classroom because of their uh -huh. behavior. And it was just something that I thought I did a good job with it, but it wasn't something I knew I wanted to do the rest of my life. Um, and I just missed my math. I think that was the main reason. That is fun. You know, as someone who kind of breaks out in hives when you even say math, as someone who took two semesters of French at Emory and Henry just to keep from taking bonehead math, no. I, yeah. you know, and I was bad at French. It's not like I was good at that. And that is a funny thing to hear somebody say. Did you like mm -hmm. it even when you were little? 
I loved it. And um, I was always pretty good at it, even though my older brother would always say, she has a lot of, and Greg was also an ENH alum and Steve, younger brother, throw that in there. But um, he would always tell mom, you know, she's really smart, like when it comes to math, but she has little common sense. And I would be going, really big brother? We would always laugh about it. But math has always been my thing. And um, I think it came probably from my dad's side of the family, my grandfather, and he are both very math minded. Um, and I tell you, though, and, and I have to pl- say this, and I've said it before when I was interviewed for something else at Emory Henry several years ago. Um, Dr. Rains, BG Rains. Oh, I could tear up. I'm telling I know you, you love him. You love him. He is and will always be my inspiration. And I can, I'll never forget because I was not going to be a teacher. I was going to go to law school and, um, I did not UVA. remember that. Yeah. That was your plan. That was my plan. And to get into law school, you could pretty much, you know, major in whatever. And then you just take that. And I loved math and I thought, oh, logic, reasoning, math, law. And so I kept finding myself taking these electives as math classes. Um, but then kind of knowing that, oh, I could get a, a major in this. Um, long story short, Dr. Raines calls me after class. Can you stay just for a second? Yeah, I think it was calculus three. And I was like, uh, what have I done? Sweet Dr. Raines. He said, have you ever thought about teaching? No, that was, <laughs> I said, no, sir. Did you, know, you look a little stricken when you said no? Yes. I said, I, I'm going to be hopefully a lawyer. And he said, well, would you just maybe go to Abingdon High School and do some tutoring? They need some math tutors and that, you know, you get paid and I go, okay, that'd be, I can do that. I've got time in my schedule. The rest is history. So you, once you got in there with the kids, you loved it? Oh, I loved it. I helped them with their math counts program, which is a national math competition. Um, and I still do that. I still coach that since 1993. I have coached it at our own school. Um, he was right. Done pretty well, as I recall, as I recall. Um, we have, we haven't lost a regional competition in the area since 1993. <laughs> <laughs> You've got great kids. You're kind of coming in slow on that well, okay yeah Yeah. and we've gone to state competition every year um i've made it with some students to national there's national math counts you go to different levels we've made that probably 10 times i've gone to disney world with them Mm -hmm. well all right now i'm i'm just gonna ask i'm just gonna put my math ignorance on the line here so how do you make someone like me understand (laughs) math and, you know, I mean, there were things I liked about math up until a certain point. I was, I was right. cooking through algebra too, man. I was cooking. And yeah. then it all fell apart. And I didn't understand anything <clears throat> anybody was saying to me after that. Yeah. Algebra two, I think, is probably one of the hardest in that whole high school thing, though. So it's awesome that you made it through your algebra two, because that's tough. Thank you. But, um, for mm-hmm. me, and my principal tells me this, too. I mean, because sometimes it's hard to to kind of reflect on your own teaching. So I look for whenever he comes in to evaluate me or other people, he said, you have such a joy in teaching. Like you still love it. And every problem is a big deal. Like you just go, this is so cool guys. Or, you know, and just, 
And it's like, they just lean in to hear, what is she going to say next? And I said, do I? It's just part, I guess, of my, you know, personality and also just part of who I am over all these years and what I've developed, um, my teaching style. Um, the other thing I would say is sometimes people who really are good in math have a hard time breaking it down. Yes, um, it's, yes really, making it make sense to someone yes. else. Yes, I would say that. And there's been classes where I have explained it five different ways because I still see the blank looks. I go, okay, well, let's think about it this way. And that willingness to stay in there with the kids. Um, and then well, see, see and that, <laughs> that says a lot to me that you could understand it five different ways. Cause you know, as far as I'm concerned, there's like one way and mine's <laughs> always wrong. And so the yeah. fact that you understand something five different ways says to me, you really actually get it. Yeah. You get the math, you understand what's going yeah. on. Yeah. Just explaining it differently and, and putting a new look on it. So, yeah. Well, all I know is anytime somebody said there's a train headed south at 58 miles an hour, I just, Love. I really, I start, I could feel my whole body seize up and I'm really not kidding you. I just, that kind that stuff was the bane of my existence growing up. Just, I, I just never understood, never understood it. I understand. And that's why I have tutoring after school. Because some <laughs> kids have a hard time, like in a class of 30. Um, and then I'll say, okay, then you need to have some more one-on-one -on -one time. And so I just had it today, two days a week. I, I invite kids to come in and we sit on, on a table, maybe five to one. And usually it's the kids who don't want to talk out in class or are afraid to ask because they're embarrassed and sure. make it a safe place. Um, and those kids become so close to me. Aww. They have my heart because they do struggle, but they want to learn. Right. And that's what makes what? a successful person. I confess, I had a I had a teacher in high a tutor in high school, uh, Mrs. Lockard, who saved me. I had you know I was yeah. in geometry and I was drowning. I never again. I just never understood Aww. anything. And Ms. Lockard yeah. saved me and got me out of yeah. there. I did. I don't know why I kept taking math, except that I think my guidance counselor said you're going to you're going to college and you need to Aww. have some more math. So that's right. Yep, that's important. Math counts. It counts. Well, it let's counts. talk. This has been a weird couple of years. I'd kind of like to get your input or your your opinion about kind of the state of education in general right now. I, you know, I've been. Um, it's just been weird. I mean, I know I get calls all the time saying we've got openings at such and such school. You know, does mm -hmm. Emory and Henry have anybody? And yeah, and, and I call the education department and they're like, we have placed every student we have, mm. every graduate we have is placed. And, right. and, and and the last answer I got was I could place 30 more right now if somebody, mm. you know, if we had them. And so are students still wanting to be teachers? Is that something we need to be worried about? Um, I think it has declined some. I am currently one of the lead mentors for Kingsport City Schools. For my school, we have about 10 new teachers and it, it's anywhere from one to three years experience. So it's not just people who were just hired this year. Um, and I meet with them monthly. And I think that's important. Like, and I, I think a lot of school districts do this, but you can't just throw them out there. Like this is, this has been difficult for two years. You're right. And especially now, but I think anytime to let them know they've got a person who, if they want to come to my door, and this has happened more than once, especially the young ones, 
and just stand there with tears. And then during my planning period, of course, no kids in there. And then just close the door and say, can we just talk? And there's no, um, oh, I can't believe you said that. Or no, you don't do it that way. But just listening. Um, and no and, judgment zone, just, just there to be yes. supportive. Yes. And to give them that shoulder to lean on. Um, I have a young lady this year who is in her very first year of teaching. And she is incredible. And she's a very strong personality. She knows her math. Um, and she's had tears on me more than once. And I told her the other day, I said, Logan, you remind me a lot of me 34 years ago. You go into the profession and I had this idea that I'm going to touch every kid and every kid's going to learn because of me. You know how I was at him. I'm just going to be that first. And right, I, realized quickly, <laughs> I realized quickly that I will help them grow, but I may not get them where I exactly want them to be. Because there's lots of other variables that come into play. Their home life situation may be tough. Um, there may be some relationships within the family that are tough. We could have a pandemic. We could be on hybrid, <laughs> you know. I said, but you will move them. You may not move them as far as you'd like to. And you can't beat yourself up. You're doing your best every day. And I've tried it's to- It's nice that. though that what she's, what she's worried about is, you know, helping them do better. I mean, that's- no. and that's what you gotta have. You know, the kids really are very perceptive. Um, they know whether or not you really deeply care not just about your subject matter, but about them as people. Mm -hmm. um, they get it. And we had lots of tears last year. You mentioned last year. And we ended the school year on a Zoom call because um, we weren't in the whole, you know, after spring break, we didn't go back. And I had gotten so close to that group. And uh, actually it was year before last. And, oh, we cried on that last Zoom. Because they're going off to high school. They didn't get yeah. that closure. Oh, I know. Yeah. yeah, it's like watching the seniors at Emory that year. It just broke my heart. Because, you you know, senior year or what. It's that same thing yes. with that, yes. that last year of middle school. It's kind of a senior year in some ways. It is. And, to, and to not get that time together with your pals, is that's yeah. terrible. It was hard. Yeah. Um, last year was much better. It was rough in that we kept going back and forth with stuff. And yeah. Um, it was hard. It was a much of a challenge for teachers, obviously, if you do a, a good job, I'm going to be honest, as it was for students. Like I had to really work hard to get the lessons online, to make phone calls if they're not showing up to my Zoom calls, um, doing private tutoring through Zoom. And you had to adjust. Yeah. And we did. And our, you know, our end of the year EOC scores uh, for last year for me were just as good, which I was shocked. But it's because the students bought into the work ethic that we can still have even online. Well, now that's a neat thing to hear you say. Uh, just a quick reminder of who we're speaking with today. Lisa Dingus Bratton, Emory and Henry class of 1988 and a math teacher at Ross N. Robinson Middle School in Kingsport, Tennessee. Um, and, and I sort of neglected, I'm sort of burying the lead and just was named teacher of the year for the fourth time. Hmm. I mean, I don't know who you're paying off, but you I know. don't either. I, 
Well, and I thought it wasn't four. Um, yeah, David said when, you didn't know. He said he, I didn't know. I came three. home and he goes, it's four. And I said, I don't think I've gotten it four times, like three or two. It's four. <laughs> and he goes, look at your plaques. And so I go in, in our office area where I have some Emory Henry, you know, our um, diplomas and all the stuff nice. hanging. And I went, oh, this is a vote by your peers, which means the world to me. Oh, that's nice. Um, 2000, 2010, 2016, and then this year. Wow. Well, do they say anything when you get the award? Like, we're voting for you again because that. I don't know. I, I asked my principal because he has only been there three years. And when he saw me in the hall, we were going over to Dobbins Bennett for, for a little field day thing. And, and he had sent the email to the faculty of who would receive the award. And he said, congratulations. And I said, no, you, this, this isn't the first time. And so, you know, if you don't want me to, ha- you know, like I felt really kind of weird about it. Yeah. And he said, Lisa, if your peers still think you're doing a great job, go with it. Nice. Like you are a leader in this school. And I am so glad that even after 34 years that, and whenever God's done with me, I'll be gone, you know, I'll retire, but um, that I still love what I do and that people see that I do. What a blessing. Yeah, that's that. Well, no, it is because after 34 years, a lot of people get super jaded. You may have noticed this. They get super jaded and super worn out with it. I get it. Oh, yeah. Because it's, I mean, education stuff is hard. Very hard. Things are are weird. And, you know, it's not like when we were kids and, Mm -hmm. you know, you you know, Mm -hmm. what the teacher said went. I mean, you know, now, no goodness, now, no. Parents got a whole different involvement thing going on there. Do, Do you struggle with that? Um, some, I, I think, and not that I don't have my own set of challenges when that, when it comes to that, but I have a reputation in Kingsport city. A lot of people know me. And for example, David and I were president of the Dobbins Bennett Band Boosters, which is a huge organization, 400 people in that band. And we've been in the community a lot. Like we've done a lot of community work through our church and different things. I say that because people know Lisa Bratton and people know that I actually am in this to help their students. And so mm-hmm. typically there's a respect there from parents that other younger teachers haven't actually gotten yet. And they Cause will. They're, Cause they're I just starting. Them. Yeah. Right. I said, they don't know your name yet. They don't know. You have to prove yourself in the same way that I had to over the course sure. of these years. I typically don't get that, but it does happen. And, and sadly, um, sometimes the teaching profession gets a little bit of beaten. Yeah. And most teachers work extremely hard after hours um, and throughout the day. And I think for the most part, our profession is still something that you mentioned that younger people, and I hate that there's a shortage because it's to me it's the biggest mission field and it's the biggest thing for our country that we can make a difference is to be a teacher that loves on kids wow and we need people um, who have that kind of passion to keep this thing alive and to keep it the way it should be in the united states so 
Well, and it, it feels, it feels, I, I feel bad about the fact that it feels like we don't respect teachers enough. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't pay them enough. We don't respect them yeah. enough. I've heard yeah. politicians say to my face things that make me go, what? Do you have <laughs> any idea what mm-hmm. they do? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I don't yeah. know what that is. We seem to be so willing to pay, you know, yeah. other, other fields that do not warrant that kind of money. And yet every we yeah. trust our children with these people and. I just feel like we've missed the mark somehow, and I'm not sure how to go back and fix that. Tell me one thing that you think out of this weird and hectic and redonkulous kind of year or two that we've just had. Are there <laughs> things that we learned that you think will you, you can carry forward and we can feel good about using for going forward? Are there any, any of the technology or any of the, you know, lessons about how we do things? I think definitely the technology is something that we're so much better at. And even now, um, you know, before, whenever we had a parent conference, it was the parent would have to drive in, you know, and, and now we have Zoom call parent conferences. Um, that's been, we've never done that before the pandemic. Um, also, if a student, because we still have a few students here in Kingsport who are quarantined, our numbers are great. Our absentee numbers are just very, very low, well, that's good. thankfully, right now. Um and when we do have students who have to be quarantined because a family member maybe, you know, perhaps is sick, then I can Zoom with them. Like, and I didn't do that before. Like, we kind of just, oh, they're out there and they have to be quarantined for 10 days. But, you know, I'll send them a Zoom or a Google Meet and we can talk. Wow. We've gotten better at online learning platforms um, so that students do a lot of, you know, checking and learning online through the teacher. Not, you know, not that it's just all online. But posting things that are important um, on there instead of, you know, all the time on pencil paper. I'm old school. I still do pencil paper. I think there's a lot of research that backs that, that says if you write it, you learn it. Your brain has to think about it as you write it. Um, I could keep going on the research on the top five things that help kids learn. But that's number two. It's old-fashioned note-taking. What was number one? Number one is an interesting one. Number one is teaching students to see similarities and differences between things. So if I'm teaching um, an algebra problem, I'll say, how is this problem different than the one we did before? Oh, that's interesting. Isn't that cool? And that's the number one thing that helps people learn? And it's compare and contrast. I do it a lot now naturally in my teaching. we do a lot of charts that show how a property in geometry is different than this property in geometry, which I think is cool to think about. I think that it is works. interesting. Yeah. Well, and it makes you stop and really figure out if you understand it. I mm-hmm. mean, it's one thing to say, okay, I got this answer, but it's like, it's like when I said, you actually understand mm-hmm. it, if you can do it five ways. So you actually understand it. And that is a little right. different. How is All it right. different? What do you know about it? How is it the same? And it just helps their mind kind of categorize. Yeah. Hey, I know BG Reigns was the big, the big oh. kahuna for you, but what else did you learn at Emory and Henry that got you ready to be a good teacher? Oh, goodness. Um, I think it wasn't just the classroom experience. I can remember going to Dr. Saliba's house for dinner. Um, and I'm going to tear up. I'm almost on this, all this, but Dr. Lang, you know, I was a math major and you were, La- you were La- Lang's literary Lisa. I was. And I loved writing. I still do. I love reading. 
he saw that in me, just like Dr. Rain saw a mathematician teacher. And I work in the writing lab. You know, it wasn't just, oh, she's a math major. Let's put her in the math major hole. You know, it was, oh, but she can also write. Um, it was, and it's still a huge family thing for me. Like I count my Emory and Henry family um, as so important to both David and I and my brothers um, and my daughter, who was a graduate in 2015. Olivia, right. And son-in-law. And she's a teacher. You know? Oh, that's right. She's teaching French, right? Yes. Uh, in Charlotte. And we all see it that way. You know, it's more, it's just more community. And so it, I say that because it taught me um, to appreciate um, all different members of our community at the school. Like I love the custodians and try to love on them as much as I do the lunch ladies and the person across the hall and the superintendent. Like I, we are all in this together and everybody has a role. Um, and at Emory and Henry, we kind of, you know, encourage that. Like how are we going to help each other? Because everybody mattered. It makes everybody better. And I just wish we could get back to that so much more in our country. Like everybody has got worth and everybody has a role and it might look different than you thought they were actually supposed to do. Get out of the box. What else can they do? Service projects through, you know, APO. It was just on and on. So cool. <laughs> so you had a good time at Emory Henry. You learned a lot. Oh, you got ready. <laughs> it was amazing. And um yeah, it was just, it's a very special place for us and um, just learned a lot about how to be a person and not just how to be a mathematician who decided she wanted to teach. Right. The lawyer, the lawyer teach. I feel like there's like a, there's like a Daniel Steele book in there somewhere. The, the lawyer mathematician. <laughs> you well, know, I who, use the logic and reasoning though. When I teach geometry, we reason through like a lawyer would. You probably have a mock court for, for some yeah. theorem, some, some That's triangle, true. put a triangle on trial. Can you prove this? So, uh, it's pretty All right. So we're going to wrap up. You get the last word. What, um, what's your best advice for, for a young person who is um, studying right now to be a teacher? What's your number one thing to tell them to, to do or to get out there and do and try or believe or whatever? Yeah, try to, yeah. Um, gosh, there's so much. But the first thing that came to my, my mind is what I'm going to say. The kids, there's a fine line. They have to love you and respect you. There can't be too much of one or the other. Love by I'm not their best friend. And they know that, you know, I'm and I'm not their mom and that kind of love. But they know I deeply care about them and their future. OK, but on the other side, they have to respect me in my classroom space. And when you do too much of that, that looks like I'm scared to death of her. Like she is this tyrant teacher who in all the time. There's this huge balance that you have to create. They have to just really love your class and love you and know that you love them in a teacher kind of student way, but respect you because you love them. And when there's too much of either, it doesn't work. Right. That's good advice. If that makes sense. No, yeah. it's very good advice. It makes all kinds of sense. And it sounds like it also helps to really, really, really like your subject matter. Oh, I, and I, I think back and I know I keep bringing up Dr. Raines, but I can remember like he would work a problem in calculus three and would be so excited about it. And just the energy 
And when they know you're that excited about a problem, that's two tanks, one's filling up with water and one's going down. We had that problem today in math eight and those kids struggle in that class. And we made it something cool. And I'm just, just so excited about it. They tend to lean in and get excited. Like, oh, at the end they go, that was just about a tank filling up with water. And I said, yeah, but you did it. Look how cool this is. You can use algebra. Yeah, I'm using algebra. You know, they just buy into that. It's infectious. Well, and that's helpful because even though I did well in algebra, I never once knew what I was going to do with it. <laughs> you just going to do knew, it. Yeah. I just, I, I never had to fill a tank. That now, I, now I know. Yeah. I got to get me a tank. All right, Lisa Dingus Bratton, Emory and Henry class of 1988. I want to thank you for being our guest on the Duck Pond Wall tonight. Oh, I've loved it. And I would love, love, love to see um, campus again. I know it's changed a lot. I guess it's been a little while since you've gotten to come back. Yes. Yeah. Because of pandemic stuff. But Well, anytime you're ready to come, um, we will roll out the red carpet and um, and you can calculate you can calculate how long the carpet is. Oh, I can definitely do that. Or what the area of the carpet is. I could do that. All right. We could do that. Hey, Lisa Dingus Bratton, thank you so much for being with us tonight. And thanks all of you for being with us on the Duck Pond Wall. We will look forward to talking with everybody again soon. And uh, come back and join us next time. And stay tuned to WEHC, the voice of Southwest Virginia.